Hey everybody and welcome back to Viral Load Podcast. This is a podcast about epidemiology. I'm Andy Pupa. I'm Brett Bales. And this is one of our mini-sodes where we share outbreak stories and disease stories of the week. We're calling these viral particles. This is our uh, second viral particle. Yep. And uh, Brett, how you been? You uh, figured out, you know, the plan to save the entire Earth or... You know, still working on that? Yeah, I'm um, I'm still doing my research into diseases. I'm actually starting a project on West Nile virus uh, that I have exciting plans for, one of which is looking at the Coachella Music Festival. <laughs> um, there's actually this, like, random West Nile virus, like, hotspot in, like, the Indio Valley by the Salton Sea. Um, that makes sense. Which is one of the like stinkiest, most terrible places I've I've been in California. Um, but if you live there, five stars on iTunes. And they have this like really weird, just like cluster of the West Nile virus. And it's like where they have that outdoor horrible music festival. Yeah, it couldn't right? happen to the better Coachella people. Music fest. Yeah. So I'm kind of like I have my eyes set on something about that. So I'm pretty excited about that. So how I'm going is kind of like in in geek out mode about that uh, we're gonna so, um, we're gonna have a special episode yeah where we send brett to coachella yeah. <laughs> to investigate yeah the west nile i'll have a press like i'll have a press uh vest on and also like a like a medical like red cross vest yeah. on um so i'm going around and like yeah i yeah. pictured you in like ups shorts and like one of those mm-hmm. like i'm going hiking vests for dads and giant headphones yeah. and the whole Whole yeah, nine yards and a clipboard, yep. and you're like, I'd like to speak to you yeah, about a clipboard with like a bank pen that's like attached to it, so <laughs> I don't like get it stolen. And one of those things is like, I'd like to speak to you about West Nile. Yeah, <laughs> like, do you have a moment? I'd like to talk to you about West Nile, like as they're like fully on ecstasy yeah. and listening to Miley Cyrus just or see a bunch of people there. groping v- Brett. Yeah, <laughs> like I just wanted to talk about mosquito diseases. Brett, Brett um, gets uh, <laughs> drugged. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, so uh, we're uh, recording remotely again. I'm in San Francisco. Andy, you're down in... Uh, yeah, Long Beach. Southern California. Yeah, I'm in the uh, lovely city of Long Beach. So if you hear background mm, noise, LBC. like mm, the mm-hmm. odd gunshot or firework, mm. no, I'm okay. Yeah, it's the LBC. Yep. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> um, so... Uh, so what's up with you? You're you're doing some comedy shows you have coming up? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, been writing a ton, getting back at it. I have a few headlining shows coming up. Before that, I'm actually going to be at the Irvine Improv February 4th with Steve Ranazizi from The League and all that fun stuff. And then I'm headlining up at Chico's in Clovis February 10th and 11th with Adam Martinez. That's going to be a ton of fun. And then uh, with my day job, I'll be down in San Diego, so I'm going to be grabbing some spots down there, too. So tons of comedy updates, and somehow I have to actually update my personal website because I'm horrible at that. But people have been asking, nice. and I was like, oh, yeah, we could talk about that, I guess. Yeah. And do you have any plans to start incorporating some like fun disease stuff into your, into your acts, or is that going to start like... Uh, is your brain gonna start getting warped enough where you're you're actually joking in in disease? Yes. Or does that not hit so you? So I uh, I don't do a lot of political stuff just because I'm a silly person and look at my face yeah. and you can't really take me seriously. But uh, I do a lot of statistic jokes like about bad stuff that's oh. happening in the world and why we don't okay. care about it. Uh, so it's kind of like 
adjacent to uh, mm-hmm. diseases, but not diseases yet. I think once we get to like yeah. STDs, that has a whole world mm-hmm. that we can get into. But yeah, uh, chicken good. We yeah. have our sights on some fun STI STD episodes yeah. in the in the future. Exactly. So that'll be fun. And I think it'd be tough to explain what chicken gunya is for ten minutes and then try mm-hmm. to tell a joke about it. Again, yeah, that K, it's the K is the funniest um, letter in the alphabet for sure. And I remember where I heard that from, and that is from Krusty the Clown uh, from the Simpsons. Oh, perfect. That's how I learned. He's right. That. Yeah. And that's why his name's Krusty. Uh huh. Yeah, I think that's where I got that from. Um, well, cool. So um, these particles, uh, Andy researches a story or, or stumbles upon a story. I stumble upon a story. And then we um, we regale each other with our uh, kind of current event uh, medical oddities. Um, so, Andy, what are, you, what are you looking at? Well, first I have to look up what regale means. Uh, but <laughs> it's like uh, entertain. It's like... Uh, no, I know. I think you just yeah. uh, like <laughs> the difference between when you're talking right now and what am I about to say? It's just like, oh, I see he went to school a little bit longer. And by a little bit longer, I mean two lifetimes. But yeah, so my yeah. story this week by 20s <laughs> is uh, virtual virus hunters. So we talked about virus hunters uh, in the Ebola episode and people who go out into the field and do all the crazy research and put themselves at risk. These are not those people. But it is pretty uh, interesting that we've now figured out that we can actually use social media to influence how we catch diseases around the world. And so you can find this. Um, I got most of my information from thescientist.com, and it's an article called Can Social Media for Public Health Efforts? And we'll put that link in the show notes so you can check out the entire thing. But basically, the first instance of actually using this for research was on March 14th, 2014. uh, Boston Children's Group, um, an online research group, found a French blog about fevers uh, in Macenta, Guinea. And you might be like, oh, who cares? Like, people write blogs about whatever. But Hmm. nine days later, the World Health Organization announced an Ebola outbreak in that area. So they're able to tie this blog back to, oh, maybe people are reporting on these diseases on social media when they're starting to feel sick. And we're like, okay. And so they started piling this occasionally. And then there was a new outbreak in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And they cited Mm -hmm. Twitter as their number one research tool. That's pretty wild. Like, Brett, have you ever thought, like, mm, I need to log on to Facebook to get my facts straight? Uh, well, I don't, but I know lots of people that do. Um, so they were using Twitter to, like, track down Ebola patients or something? Yeah. And so the way they did it was uh, hmm. they used geolocation to connect the symptoms mm-hmm. mentioned and Ebola mentioned and map out the hot zone. So basically... Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So every time you put anything out in the world, your geolocation... Because you use Google, Twitter, everything. They compile all that data. And so it's great and it's all good, but it's not all like kittens and abazabas. It's not perfect. <laughs> and so the, the initial <laughs> testing to use this worldwide failed. It's because the algorithm picked up any mention of like flu symptoms and people being afraid of getting the flu or just nervous uh, when mm-hmm. they Googled it. So you can see how that get like jumbled. 
you know, um, mm -hmm. because we're all crazy. We try to diagnose ourselves on like, what is it? Uh, oh, like WebMD. Yeah, WebMD. Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. you're like, oh my God, my toe hurts. I have cancer. So a yeah. lot of that. Yeah. So they had to find a way to like break that down. And so again, so the first time they tried to use it, it all got messed up. But now the most recent outbreak in the Democratic Republic of Congo, it was the number one research tool. And uh, so that basically means that you, as a bunch of trolls on the internet, finally contributed to society for the first time from your parents' base. <laughs> the big thing is um, <laughs> they mapped out the entire hot zone and they had this algorithm for, for the map. And so they used it mm -hmm. globally. And now they're also using it for Zika. And they're doing mm. that within the United States to map as well. And now they've been able to differentiate between the flu and Zika based on the hot zones that they've mapped out. Brett, does that make sense? Yeah, um, this is actually really cool. I hadn't heard about this for Ebola before, and um, I might I might steal this idea and use it in class. That's that's pretty cool. Actually. Yeah, like it's it's actually something <laughs> good. Yeah, that's coming from all of us being plugged into our phones and not being like nice to each other. It's the first time that social well, media. I associate Twitter like these days so heavily with our our, our president, um, and so that's kind of uh, you know, I guess tainted yeah. my view of Twitter a <laughs> for <bit>. sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't watch the news now. I just go yeah. on Twitter because I can differentiate mm -hmm. between what I actually want to read and what I don't. Like, I don't want to mm -hmm. spend like twelve hours catching up on like mm -hmm. CNN uh, or whatever. Um, and instead I'll just go and like filter through all the shit on Twitter, um, and figure out like what's real and what's not. And because we're all garbage people, it's really easy to find <laughs> something and then go ahead and like Google it and research it and be able to see like, oh, is this true? Versus like mm -hmm. waiting for them to get to the point when they're trying to get all riled up and bring on like political pundits and stuff. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's pretty cool. Um, and so you using that face app and everything, letting Russia mm -hmm. know about all your secrets and what you look like, mm -hmm. uh, even though you're probably going to die before you're 70, um, really helps the environment. <laughs> so keep it up. Nice. That's really cool. Like I've actually heard about uh, like Google being used to predict flu epidemics because people like when they when they're first getting sick, they'll like Google, uh, you know, headache medicine or like nearest pharmacy or whatever. And they can like pick apart those keywords and use those as like an early warning sign for um, like flu outbreaks. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't heard about it being used to like map Zika and like Ebola and stuff. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I mean, they actually used this in that story about Petland, like the puppies. Mm -hmm. They were able to like oh, reverse yeah. engineer all these social media posts to go back and be like, aha. Petland, you suck. Oh, so they could follow like the cute puppy posts exactly. that someone makes Hashtag. and then like the follow-up post about explosive diarrhea <laughs> and be like, oh, they can like follow the breadcrumbs yeah. um, back to the pet store mm -hmm. outbreak. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, go back to our, uh, when was our that? Our last first viral, viral particle. First viral particle yeah, episode. First one. Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking now uh, I could use that maybe for my Coachella West Nile virus research, you know, because that's I, like I've heard everyone goes to Coachella basically now for um, just photo ops and stuff. Oh, 100%. Right? Uh, so they can, and so you could track down people who are like, um, you know, hashtag uh, Katy Perry, hashtag 
uh, mosquito bite, you know, <laughs> if every time they mention being bitten by a bug, like actually like it sounds cur- kind of funny, but like there might be something there actually. No. I, I just had a legit like little <laughs> uh, light bulb moment on the air. I just want everybody to know I just yeah. successfully taught Brett something and this might be yeah. my proudest moment. I'm going to have my mom listen to this yeah. episode uh, so yeah. she could be like, <laughs> it's all gone somewhere. Well, you're you're a scientist now. You've listen. um You've contributed to the scientific my goal body of knowledge. One day mm-hmm. is to be famous yeah. enough that some school mm-hmm. gives me a fake diploma and tells me that I'm an yeah. honorary scientist, and I'll feel yeah. real good about it. Well, we'll see where this podcast exactly. goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it is pretty cool to think about the fact that we no longer have to wait for hospitals to gather the information and then like mm-hmm. disseminate that out to like the World Health Organization and report everything. We could possibly track things much faster than we've ever done it in the past yeah Yeah. i mean it makes sense like you got to count people don't realize like you got to count diseases somehow like you put numbers to like disease um what better way to do it than someone like everyone has a cell phone every cell phone is a geo locator basically um and if everyone's like oversharing on social media about their uh cold symptoms and stuff it's like a perfect epidemiology tool yeah so that's well, not perfect. Yeah, but, no, you know, I mean it's something. It's a good tool. Yeah, but yeah, so that was my thing. Uh, virtual viral hunters, awesome. virus hunters, which just sounds again like guys who have really thick rim glasses and really cool yeah. computers that they built themselves. But yeah, awesome. Brett, uh, what do you got cool. for us? I, I think I'm gonna steal that idea literally and like use that in class. So I'll, I'll give you a shout out Sweet. and I'll I'll uh, I made it. I'll plug the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Are you proud of me now, Mama? <laughs> um, so, uh, my story um, comes to us from a BBC article that I read recently, and the news headline I found to be uh, pretty earth-shattering. Um, so I won't keep you in suspense. Um, here's the headline: Canadian pop singer Justin Bieber has revealed he has been diagnosed with Lyme disease. Uh, apparently, he took to social media saying that he looks like he's, quote, these are his words, on meth, end quote. But he insists this is not the case, saying, quote, I've been recently diagnosed with Lyme disease. Not only that, but had serious case of chronic mono, which affected my skin, brain function, energy, and overall health, end quote. So Bieber is not on meth. He is um, struggling with apparently a diagnosis of uh, Lyme disease, And I found this to be really fascinating um, because not necessarily for the fact that he's been diagnosed with Lyme disease, but that Justin Bieber is 25 years old. Um, I feel like he's been around like a lot longer (laughs) than that. Like I would swear some of the posters on my wall are are older than that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know though. I don't know what to believe, you know? I like, Mm -hmm. I just... When any celebrity's like, listen, I haven't been on drugs. It's this other thing. Mm-hmm. And they've looked really strung yeah. out. Oh, yeah. like, I hope. Yeah. I don't know if I should say I hope he has Lyme, but I hope, like, it's well, not like a I think farce. if you're going, like, with meth addiction versus Lyme disease, like, which which is the lesser of two evils. Uh, he won't lose um, his teeth with Lyme. Well, not, yeah. like, right away. Yeah, that's kind of a rock and a hard place. But uh, regardless, um, I didn't pick this story to make fun of Bieber and his uh, Lyme disease diagnosis, but instead picked it because I think it's an interesting example of this growing social phenomenon of Lyme disease and specifically this debate between 
like acute Lyme disease. So kind of like classic, like you get bit by a tick, get sick pretty quickly thereafter, and then it kind of goes away. Mm. And so-called like chronic Lyme disease where you receive treatment and then like basically don't get better and the symptoms kind of linger for a long time. Okay. And the fact that this uh, news is coming from such a public figure um, is, you know, like a big deal. And this is another like interesting thing for me. Like this guy has 125 million Instagram followers. Um, that's that's like half the size of the United States. That's that's like a large chunk of the human global population follows Justin Bieber on Instagram. And when I was doing a little bit of uh, research for this uh, particle episode, I did a quick scan of his Instagram account. Um, and there were a few kind of interesting highlights I'd like to share. <laughs> Um, Please do. That gives a little bit of insight into why uh, he might have the kind of massive social media influence that he has. So I picked out three um, of his somewhat recent posts. Um, first one uh, I like to call Bieber falling off unicycle. Uh, this was a photo of him falling off of a unicycle. Okay. Um, the second photo, uh, Bieber holding what appears to be a cup of coffee while sitting in traffic. <laughs> um Pretty, uh, pretty heavy stuff there. And my, my personal favorite of the ones that I saw, um, a shirtless beaver holding a stick of deodorant with the caption, quote, all natural, Smith's natural, this non-greasy, <laughs> non-sticky plant-based deodorant has been fortified with magnesium and activated charcoal. This charcoal and magnesium deodorant is a vegan deodorant and certified cruelty-free, hashtag ad, <laughs> end quote. Um, so really, uh, Really powerful stuff from from Bieber, um, and you know, yeah, 125 million people are are getting that kind of um, really uh, really thought provoking content. So we'll be doing a, a full episode on Lyme disease uh, in the future. So I don't want to give too much away right now, but Lyme disease is a disease that is spread by ticks. Uh, it can result in a pretty nasty infection. It is. Uh, caused by a bacteria called Borrelia burgdorferi, which is named in honor of Willy Borgdorfer, who uh, is a scientist who um, basically made the connection between the bacteria and the disease. Um, so that's a great honor um, for any scientist is to be, you know, the namesake of a, of a pathogen. All I can think of just kind of fun is Daria Morgendorfer uh, from... <laughs> Daria. <laughs> that's that's what I'm oh, gonna think of. Oh, the old MTV yeah. show. Yeah, no, 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 no. So to infect its host, uh, tick uh, usually has to be attached to the skin for like at least 36 hours, so like a full day plus. So um, you know, usually what you want to do is try to spot a tick and take it off of you as soon as possible, because the more time it's kind of eating your blood or sucking your blood, uh, the, the more chances, yeah, uh, you're going to get the pathogen. Because basically, like, it has the bacteria in its guts, and it, like, as it's drinking in your blood, it's, it's like, displacing the stuff that's in its guts, including any pathogens, and it, like, basically pushing it back into your body. So uh, one of the trademark symptoms of Lyme disease is this like circular bullseye uh, rash that appears on your body, not necessarily where you were bit, but it's kind of this distinctive like little target looking uh, kind of thing. Well, um, the only thing I'd have to interject there is you said ask me on mm -hmm. 36 hours. Looking at mm -hmm. Justin Bieber's Instagram, I don't think he wears clothes mm -hmm. that long. So like, well, <laughs> how did he have a tick for 36 see, that's hours? That's the problem that, you know, 
one of the bits of advice that we you public health people give is like if you're gonna go out in nature and expose yourself to ticks, you gotta like wear clothes. Ah. Like you gotta tuck your pants into your sock, uh, wear long pants. And he's going around like riding on unicycles, shirtless. Uh, wearing vegan deodorant, like all this stuff, um, that's not protective of, of these ticks. Okay. So I'm worried for the beebs. Uh, but the good news with all of this is that this disease is typically able to be treated with antibiotics, and usually people make a full recovery after a few weeks. Uh, that's usually. Uh, there are those that seem to experience persymptom symptoms post-treatment. Okay. And this, uh, therein lies this kind of interesting, strange debate that's going on in the medical and public health world is so-called post-treatment Lyme disease. And is it actually um, a legitimate medical uh, thing? Uh, right now, it's actually not uniformly recognized as a medical diagnosis, um, at least in the United States. And the like main... Uh, organization of infectious disease doctors called the Infectious Disease Society of America, the IDSA. Uh, it's like the big kind of main like doctor group uh, of infectious disease doctors. Uh, they uh, recognize, quote, that Lyme disease can be painful and that the disease is not always properly identified or treated. Uh, this is their official statement on kind of chronic Lyme disease. Uh, they say that, quote, we recognize that some patients may continue to experience prolonged Lyme disease symptoms even after a course of antibiotic therapy has killed the Lyme disease bacterium. We sympathize with these patients suffering, but remain concerned that a diagnosis of so-called Ly chronic Lyme disease suggesting that active infection is ongoing is not supported by scientific evidence, and more alarmingly, the treatment of long-term antibiotic therapy will do patients more harm than good. Quote, there is no scientifically accepted case definition for chronic Lyme disease, end quote. Ooh, that's a lot. I feel like yeah. that is going to tear things apart. That's, yeah, that's that's heavy. So basically what they're saying is uh, we're not so sure chronic Lyme disease is a thing. Some people seem to get like Lyme disease symptoms that don't go away. It could be uh, where, where I stand with it is I don't think there's enough evidence. I think chronic Lyme disease is, is a thing for some. Uh, I think it's um, it may be kind of like a gluten allergy kind of a thing where some people have celiac disease and like are sensitive to gluten. And then some people just like, you know, think that they sneeze when they eat bread. Um, <laughs> Which is accurate. So and it could be in everything in between. So like whether Bieber or what, what he has, like, I have no idea. But that's the stance of the IDSA. And uh, chronic Lyme advocates are pretty like uh, passionate about chronic Lyme being a thing. So they'll like actually protest outside of IDSA conferences. I've seen that where they like have picket signs and stuff. And they're like, there's this big, like, uh, kind of interesting, weird battle going on in the United States, at least, uh, with chronic versus acute Lyme, uh, disease. So if you talk to people suffering from these symptoms, they are convinced that chronic Lyme is legitimate and it's a legitimate medical condition. And this tends to stir up some pretty passionate debate. I've met people who are um, very passionately convinced that they have chronic Lyme, that it's a thing. And uh, yeah, so um, I don't know. Do you, you, I think you've mentioned that you have a relative or something that um, yeah, my, my, has had. My stepbrother got diagnosed with chronic mm -hmm. Lyme. And did he have, did he ever get the like little bullseye thing? Yeah, yeah. The bullseye rush? Uh, yeah. And he had to go to several doctors in order for someone to diagnose it. Like they didn't know what was wrong. And I think 
doctors sometimes write things off as psychosomatic if they can't find mm-hmm. like a definitive thing. Right. Uh, so he said he tried to get past it, and then he just had this mm-hmm. like chronic fatigue all the time, and everything yeah. was hurting all the time. And I mean, he's much too young to have arthritis, and his family doesn't really have like a history of chronic yeah. like osteoarthritis or anything like that. Or rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, I mean, he's that's something he's dealt with yeah. for a really long time. But I know it was like a long road to even get a diagnosis. Yeah. And I think there's there's definitely probably something there. I think it's just like we're scratching the surface of a pretty strange disease. And I think the IDSAs, uh, what they're afraid of is like everyone just taking antibiotics because they think they might have it. And that leads to like antibiotic resistance and stuff like that taking antibiotics when you don't need to it's like a gut bomb it's really bad it can be bad for you uh like it kills all your you know good bacteria it can you know it's not great um so i think they just don't want everyone running around like oh i'm really tired today i'm gonna go pop a bunch of antibiotics but on the flip side like uh there does seem to be something there that like chronic lyme is a thing i think we just need to like uh get more research into it basically so uh tick season is only a summer away, according to the IDSA, quote, spring and summer hikes through the woods can be lovely as long as you don't get ticked. That's that's literally what they said. <laughs> yeah, uh, tiny ticks about the size of a poppy seed can cause Lyme disease, an increasingly common infection. So I hope you all will use this tale of uh, Justin Bieber and his Lyme disease as a cautionary tale after spending time in a potential tick habitat, like going through a going for a hike in the woods. Uh, check yourself for ticks, wear insect repellents, um, tuck your pants into the, your socks. Bieber might already be doing that. I don't know what his fashion uh, stuff is these days. Because if it happened to Bieber, it could happen to you too. And you can believe that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. make a new style. You know, make it cool. Mm. And so everybody will do that. Yeah. Just like started at Coachella. Yeah. And it'll catch on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was me literally in grad school. I was running around in the forest with my pants tucked into my sock. I saw you yesterday. Um, <laughs> same same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that it's 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 hard to break some habits. Yeah. Awesome. So this has been another viral particle. Uh, this is our second one. And again, this is one of our mini-sodes. We're just trying to get through some fun new stuff that's out there uh, that you might not have heard of. Some weird little stories. And we'll have a full episode out next week. Um, so yeah, so remember, it's really important for us. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe, rate on iTunes, give us a review, tell us you think we're awesome, or I talk too much, or maybe we need to believe more in ourselves. Who knows? (laughs) We'd love to get some feedback and let us know what you would like to hear about. And a way to do that is to go and email us at viralloadpod at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at Viral Load Podcast. You know, give us a follow, give us a like. Um, it'd be really appreciated. Let more people know about this. And yeah, so thanks so much for hanging out with us. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. I used to believe we were Something beautiful, selling a dream, smoking mirrors keep us waiting on.